Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. During the Fill in the Blank series, Pastor Justin shares with us the keys to discovering our purpose. excited about Anchor Church today. I hope you guys are excited. Hey, let's give the Lord a big round of applause or a praise right now just for just the worship this morning. I love our worship. I love our band. I love the crew that, that helps everything set up to make this thing happen. It takes a lot of people to put this up and take this down every single week. So let's give a round of applause for just the crew, just as appreciation this morning. And the Anchor Kids crew that's over there, they can't even hear you right now, but they do the exact same thing over there every single week. It's a big, it's a big process, but uh, that's, that's what the idea and, the, and the, um, the understanding of being able to catch a vision really is all about. And, uh, and I'm just excited. I'm thankful for Jesus, and I'm thankful for what he's done in my life, and I'm thankful for just the vision that he's been able to give us for uh, what we're a part of right now, which is, which is a church which didn't exist one year ago. As, as uh, we're approaching our one-year anniversary, our first birthday, uh, this, isn't, this wasn't happening a, a year ago, and, uh, and all of you, I don't know where you were a year ago, but you're here today, and God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and because you're here today, that is significant, and so I'm excited about what he's doing and what he's doing in our church and what he's doing here in this place, in this place that I often joke there are chicken nuggets on the floor sometimes, but that's not the case yet because it's only been one week of school, so they did a pretty good job at making sure everything was cleaned up for us, but I'm just kidding, but, um, uh, and I don't know who left the ladder up here today, but I'm just kidding, that, that was on purpose. We'll see here about that in a minute, but... Um, just so you guys weren't worrying about that. I know that, that's my number one concern is why is there a ladder on the stage? Something's not right, right? No, it's, it's there on purpose. So, um, but I'm glad that you're here. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about fill in the blank in this series and, uh, and what it's been about. And it really is, is, is focused on just our purpose that we have in life. We have a purpose. God has given us a purpose and we have a significant purpose in life if we can actually catch it and obtain it and understand what it is. And the fill in the blank is typically the blank is we're wondering what, what in the world God wants for me. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. I wanna know what my purpose is here on this life. I feel like my life could be a whole lot more than just the day in, day out, what it is, that it is right now. And so I wanna challenge you with a couple things that we've talked about the last couple weeks, but it's simply just this, the first phrase, I think we have it for the screen that we've had over a couple weeks. Uh, it, uh, there it is. God wants you to know him more than he wants you to know his will. Sometimes we think and we wonder, well, what's God's will for my life? What does God want for me? And we're so concerned about chasing after God's will that we completely skip over his word. And that's so critical for us to be able to understand that we need to chase his word to be able to understand his will for our life. So don't forget the word when you're chasing the will. Focus on what his word is and understand who him, who he, him, who him is. You gotta find out who he is. Get to know him. And as you're discovering him, you will soon discover his will for your life. So chase after him. Get to know him and then the will will come afterward. That's the fill in the blank. That's, that's the biggest, if in the, the whole month of August, you can just take this statement and plaster it somewhere and 
You, I saw somebody taking a picture. You go ahead, take a picture. I'm just kidding. Um, but like if you had this statement somewhere where you can constantly remind yourself that it's not always about me, it's not always about what I'm chasing after or what God wants from me, I need to learn more from him. It's the idea, my favorite Bible verse is John 3.30, he must increase while I must decrease. That's, I mean, that's what that says, right? Like, he must increase, I must learn more about him and make it less about me, and when you do that, you will soon discover more and more his will for your life, and that's what I'm really trying to help you understand this week, because as I'm discovering this, I want to be able to share it with you so that you can help, um, and, and so that you can be helped in your walk with Christ as well. So I wanna um, pay a, a close attention to one Bible verse, this, well, there's a couple of them, but one this morning just to kind of start things off, and that's Romans chapter 12, verse two. It's a pretty uh, familiar verse for any of you that have been a part of a church for any some time. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse two says this, do not be conformed to this. Let me write, let me do this over because we're gonna, we're gonna do it fill in the blank style, right? All right, here we go. And, and you, don't, you don't need to have to actually know this verse because it's on the screen, so you can, you can, you're good. All right, here we go. Do not be, there we go. Okay, now you're getting it, you're getting it. Hey, don't believe anything that they said about you before you walked in here, all right? I believe so much more about you guys than what they were saying before you walked in, all right? Do not be, okay, did somebody say transformed? We're not there yet, all right? Do not be conformed to this age, but be, yes, by the renewing of your mind so that you will, so that you may, what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And so what I want you to understand, and, and, and if I'm reading to you straight out of my Bible this morning, those three words that I had you fill in the blank for are actually underlined as if they were filled in the blank. And uh, I'm gonna read it again. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. The idea is simply this. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this place that we are in and this, this, this generation that we're in uh, to the label that maybe your generation, <coughs> millennials, has. Do not be conformed to what they say that you are and who you should be, but do not be conformed to this world and everything that this world says that you are and that you should be. Do not be conformed to that. Do not be conformed to this age. But be transformed, meaning go through a process. Be transformed from something to another thing. Be transformed by, by, you know, those of you that like the Transformer movies, right? They're one thing and another thing. Just think about that, okay? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind goes through this process. B.C. and A.C., before Christ and after Christ. When Jesus starts to do a work and do a number in your life, when you are chasing after him, when you are, as we talked about last week, getting to know him more, getting to understand who he is, spending time praying, spending time in his word, getting the daily bread as you are going through this process and eating daily of what God has for you. As you're going through this process, you will have a transformed mind. You will have a mind that was something before and that is going through a process, going through a discipleship process, just like the disciples did. Now, just a, just a flashback, we talked about this. When Jesus came to the disciples, he said, hey, come and see. He didn't say, hey, take up your cross and, and come die, right? Essentially, take up your cross meant to co just come and die. Jesus, when he was walking up to his disciples, said, hey, I see that you got a life here. You're fishing. Everything looks okay in your life. Why don't you come and die? 
He didn't say that to any. He said, hey, I see what you got going on here. There are some great things that I wanna be able to share with you. Why don't you come and see? And so they started to follow him. And they went through this process where their mind was transformed into this renewed mind that is Christ Jesus. And uh, they went through this process. And there was, a, there was a period there. And we are in that period now where we are going through the steps and being able to understand who Jesus is, spend time with him in his word daily before you go digital, right, or, or before you go digital, go scriptural, right? That's a, like a little fun takeaway moment that you can have. Like, you know, that's, the, that's like a, not a preacher, yeah, it's like a, not a dad joke, but preacher. Before you go digital, go scriptural, all right? And sometimes the scriptural can be digital, all right? But, you know, that, like, that's neither here nor there. All right, put it back up. I'm not done with that thing. I'm not done. All right, here we go. All right, so transform from one thing to another. Before you go digital, go scriptural, Go through that process so that you will have this transformed mind, all right? So that when that happens, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So when we go through this process of being transformed daily, daily bread, we're getting to a place where we are being able to understand the good and pleasing, perfect will of God. So when we're going through this process and we're spending more and more time with him, not digital, scriptural, eating the daily bread, and we're going through this process, we will be able to understand more so what God's good will and pleasing God, I just messed that up, but you know what I'm saying, because you can read it, but the perfect will is for our life. It's a process. But when we go through this process, when we start to understand things, when life starts to come at us the way that it comes at us before Christ, or even as a baby Christian, as we go through this process and we're, we're learning more and more about how he responds to things, what he has to say about this, what he has to say about that, as we go through that process, we can start to process the different things that, we, uh, that approach us in our life so that we can understand what his good will and pleasing, I just messed it up again, but you know what I'm saying, all right? We can understand what's happening in our life a whole lot differently. We can start to test it. This, this is really kind of just testing what is happening. So I think about it like this. Like there are times where, you know, this is kind of a, a man or a, I'm a, a man, I'm a man. I'm, this is a man thing or a guy thing where, where somebody says, hey, you know, we're having trouble with this. Uh, we're gonna need something. We, we, can't, you, you, we can't do it by ourselves. They're like, one time we were trying to dig this root out. Um, with like some shovels and stuff and like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's in there and like we just need to get this root out of the ground and like you can't pull that out. You, we're gonna need something bigger to pull that out. I'm like, come on, pull that out. Watch this, yeah, watch here, hold my beverage. Here we go, ready? And I'm a grat, and then like I tried to do it and you can't, I couldn't do it. But like I had to go through this process. I was given information. I was given the information. I was given the facts, but I had to test it out for myself. Right, that's kind of what happens when we go through this process. As we are, as we are displayed facts in our lives, we, we often will test them out. And when we go through this process where we are in the, in the word and we're being transformed, we will go through this process where we start to, we start to test out what God's doing. Like, like, I believe that maybe after spending some time in the word, this is what he wants for me. I, I'm being educated here on what maybe he wants for me in my life, I, I, how I need to respond to people differently, how I can treat my spouse differently, how I can treat my kids differently, how this is what happened to this woman at the well or this is what happened to this woman who was accused of adultery. Maybe that's how I should be treating different people as well in my life. And so we start to look at people differently. We start to view people differently. Maybe we start to see people um, that we didn't used to see because 
our minds are being transformed and we're being able to see as Jesus sees and we start to respond as he leads because what happens when we are starting to feel and understand this, we respond in a way of generosity the way that Jesus did and we start to be transformed and we go through this process. And I think sometimes we have this idea that Jesus is hard to find. Like we, 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 we try to find him or we try to follow him and he's not an easy thing to find. Or he, the God, God the Father is not an easy thing to find. And, and it's really this connotation, this idea that I've tried. I've tried my relationship with Jesus. I can't find him. I, like I, don't, I never hear from him. I don't know what's going on. But I'm telling you right now that, that he's not hard to find. Because the word, there's a, there's a promise to us that we find in scripture is that seek and you will, you guys know that, find, right? Seek and you will find. Scripture tells us, to, tells us that all the time. And I thought about it like this. I thought about how um, I have a, a six-year-old Davis and a four-year-old Jilly, and one of the favorite games in our house is just kind of hide and seek, and we kind of have that game. I actually really like to scare my kids. They're gonna be messed up when they get older because of it. But um, it's, it's really fun right now. So, but no, hide and seek is really fun at our house. And when they were, they were younger, even now, Jilly's a, she's funny. Um, but like when we, when we try, to, try to hide, um, when I was a kid, uh, I grew up in the sticks. I grew up in LaBelle, Florida, y'all. And, um, and like when I, when I played manhunt or hide and seek outside, I, like I remember like getting all greased up and I have a ghillie suit. You guys know what a ghillie suit is? If anybody knows what a ghillie suit, I have that. Like that's what I, that's like my manhunt outfit, all right? And so it's essentially like a bush. You look like a bush and, and you can hide in the bushes. Nobody ever finds you. And I remember playing manhunt one time where like I found myself, I buried myself in palmetto like branches and stuff. And like I was, I was hidden. Nobody was gonna find me. And it got to the point where like they were done playing and I was still hiding and I came in like everybody, like they were having a pizza party when I came back. I remember like my parents, like I was hiding in a closet one time and they got, I remember hearing my dad like panicking, like parents panic. And they were like, I heard call the police and I was like, oh, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Like they were that panicked because I was hidden so good. I used to love hide and seek when I was a kid. Hopefully my kids don't hide as well as I did when I was a kid. But, but now as a father, when my kids wanna play hide and seek, I don't hide the same way that I used to hide, right? Like I'll hide and, you know, like I'll be, I'll be hiding behind the, 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 the piano here. I didn't really think that was gonna work, but it did, so it's kind of exciting. Um, but like, you know, ready or not, here, here I come, and I'd be like this. Now, can everybody see me? My kids can too, right? But when they see me, they come running up to me, and it's all about the hugs and the kisses and the giggles afterward, Right? Because the goal of hide and seek as a father is to be found. I want to be found because there is so much love and so much goodness that comes from it. As a father, that's what I want. I just wanna have those hugs and kisses. So I can't wait for them to find me. So I'll hide here, they'll laugh at me and say, Dad, you need to find, you need to find a better hiding spot. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> because when they find me, which is the goal for them to find me, that's when the goodness happens. And the same thing is for our Father. He wants you to find him. Seek and you will find. He's there and he wants that from you. The same way that a father wants the hugs and kisses from his kids, he wants the hugs and kisses in that time with you. So seek and you will find. And you gotta get a clear vision. 
That's what the whole, the whole service is about today, is being able to see and get to understand and see, who, see him for who he is. And you can see him and understand who he is in every area of your life. And I was thinking about it like this. We have a picture of a puzzle. I didn't wanna bring a real puzzle in here because that could be chaotic. But I have this, what do you, what do you guys see here? What is this? It's the, the coast of Italy, right? You don't know. It says it right here. So that, that's how I know. It's my house. This is where we used to live right here. No, I'm just kidding. But this is, this is a puzzle, thousand pieces. I remember the one and only time that I got a puzzle when I was a kid was uh, at a garage sale, and it was of a waterfall, all right? Um, and, and I kicked, I punted the box afterward because I was so frustrated. But I remember when I opened the box for the very first time, my mom was there with me, right, because she loved puzzles. And, um, and she opened the box with me, and, and, or no, I opened it before she could get there because I was so excited about this thing, this puzzle. Little did I know. Um, who loves puzzles, by the way? Does anybody love puzzles? You're sick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, thousand piece, that's crazy. I think mine was like 500 thousand piece puzzle, but I opened the box and like I dumped all the pieces out and I, you know, I threw, threw the box and I just started, I just wanted to get started before my mom, I wanted to impress how, how good I was at this puzzle before she got there. And she came in and she said, hey, uh, where's the box cover? And I'm like, I don't know, it's over there. And she said, you need that. Like little did I know that like this right here, this is the most important thing of the puzzle. If you don't have this, forget the puzzle, right? Because as you start to put the pieces together, you could start to put things together and it really won't make sense. You start to do things on your own and you can become frustrated and, uh, and you might just give up on it. But this box cover right here is the most key and the most essential piece because it gives you directions on how it's supposed to be put together. You guys tracking with me yet? Okay, all right, here we go. All right, listen. So if you're a puzzle person, see now I wasn't a puzzle person, so I started putting like the flowers together first, right? And so I was doing that, and which was fine because it was coming together a little bit. It was like a patch of flowers. I forget what it was. Something was there that I remember getting going. And my mom taught me, hey, listen, you've got to do the border first. You have to do the edges. You have to do the frame first. If you're a puzzle person, you know, you gotta do the frame first because everything falls into place once you establish a boundary. You guys tracking with me yet on this? All right, so listen, so once you get the frame or once you get the boundary put together, everything starts to kind of fall into place. And you might get focused on one little thing over here, but here's what has to happen. You have to be laser focused on accomplishing your different goals. But once you put the boundary in place, everything falls into place from there. So that when you start to put the, the, the waterfall together or when you put the flower together, it starts to make sense because the rest of it is attached in a part of what's within the boundary. If you don't have the boundary, typically what happens, you start to get laser focused on this one little section and, and, then, and then you might just give up because you, don't, you have a whole lot of things that are happening, but nothing really is complete or nothing really is, is categorized for you. And so that's what happens kind of in our life. We may, we may be really excited about what's happening here in this little special thing, while the rest of our life is absolutely chaotic and there's still blanks that are not filled in. But if we start to look at what God's word is, and be able to understand that without God's word, we are, we are just trying to put a whole bunch of pieces together that don't make a whole lot of sense, 
then it's, it becomes a little bit more clear. And then once we start to establish boundaries in our life, boundaries in our marriage, boundaries in our relationships, boundaries at our, in our workplace, boundaries in just every aspect of our life, when we start to understand that there are boundaries in life, and then when we start to be able to see where the different puzzle pieces can go, and we have a little bit more of a roadmap of how it's supposed to go. So I ask you today, important question, in your life, when we look at our life, and maybe your life is like a puzzle and you've got the boundaries, or maybe you don't have boundaries established, or maybe you're just so laser focused on your career, laser focused on this aspect, and laser focused on that, and, and then the rest of your life is kind of in shambles because you don't really understand where everything else is supposed to go. I wanna ask you, what do you see? What do you see in your life? And so, yeah, what do you see? And, and I was thinking about this. I'm a very visual person. So when we're talking about graphics and graphic design and visuals and different things like that, I notice different things. And, uh, and I never noticed. Can we pull up the first one of FedEx? You guys, you guys what do you see here? This, this FedEx, right? They're the ones who bring me my Amazon, right? Um, do, you guys, do you guys see it? Do you really see it? Let's see the next one. There's an arrow right here. Did you ever notice that? There's an arrow in the FedEx logo, like it's going forward. We're gonna, we're gonna bring you your package. Go back to the original FedEx, right? You can't unsee it now. Like every, ever since it was pointed out to me, you can't unsee that there's an arrow right smack dab in the middle of their logo. And I've, I never saw it before it was, it was shown to me. And the same thing with, with this guy here. You guys know this guy? You guys know him? So, so Tom Cruise, right? It's Maverick. You know? You guys know what that was? <laughs> okay, good. If you don't know. Uh, but listen, it's Tom Cruise. Hey, he's a good looking dude, right? Have you ever noticed this about him? His tooth is in the middle of his face. Like, <laughs> have you ever noticed that? Like, okay, take it away. Take this away. Put him back. There. Like, now you can't unsee it. Like, I just ruined Tom Cruise for you. Now listen, hey, this is, this is, this is uh, obviously not hurting him, right? Because he's very successful. But now I can't unsee it now that it was pointed out to me. And, and now all of you are gonna go home and, and look in the mirror and, and just make sure that yours isn't like that too. But when we look at God's word and we start to see and understand who he is, there are certain aspects of his word that we can un understand and comprehend a whole lot more and be able to just, when we start to be able to fill in some of these blanks, it changes. What's the next scripture so I can pull in here? I, I got my, I've got so many bookmarks in my Bible right now, I, I forget which one. Here, Ephesians chapter two. This is the words of Paul. He says this when he's writing the, to the, the, to, to the uh, church there. He says, I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the glorious riches of the inheritance among the saints? But the main part here is I pray that your perception of your mind, right? The renewing of your mind, the perception of your mind may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. 
as we start to discover him, as we start to see as he sees and we start to understand what Jesus is doing in our life and again, just getting to know who he is in our life, we begin to respond differently. We begin to, to respond in ways that, um, that we never might have responded to before in the past. We may be able to see people differently than we ever got to see. And sometimes, I don't know what your relationship is with your kids, or what your relationship is with your spouse, but, but maybe you start to see things a little bit differently. Maybe you think you have a hard time with your kids, or you have a hard time with your spouse, or you have a hard time with your boss, and you start, to, you start to curse at them in your mind, or hopefully not in real life, out loud. Uh, but like you start to go through this process, and you think, man, I wish that it was this. I wish that they were like this. I wish this. And all, all of a sudden, when the renewing of your mind starts to transform, and you start to go through this process, you begin to pray for them. You start to see them a little bit differently. You start to see them as human beings that are imperfect, just like you are that are going through difficult things just like you are. And you think, man, if they're like this, something must be going on. Maybe I could pray for them because I can see a glimpse of what they're going through. Maybe I just, Jesus, I'm praying that you would help me just see more how you see. And that's a prayer that we can pray. We can say, God, I just wanna see as you see and as you begin to lead in my life, just be able to respond as you lead in my life in this way. And I don't know what that is for you. I don't know how, how that looks. I don't know how, how, uh, or, or how your relationships are. But I think that if we could get to this point where we, we have what, is, what Paul is praying for when he says this, I pray that the perception of your mind might be enlightened so that you might know what the hope of, his, of your calling is. That when you start to see the world around you a whole lot differently, when you are starting to have a transformed mind, when you're starting to fill these blanks in a little bit, you start to realize, man, I, I could probably help that person out. Or hey, I could, I could probably step in. I could, see, I could see it in Anchor Kids right now that there's the same people that are in there every single week and I, I could see that there's an opportunity for me to step in and be able to be a part of something special. I could see that, that I have a, a relationship with my spouse that, that is not where it needs to be and, and maybe I just need to start by praying for them. Or maybe, maybe my, my, my relationship with my adult kids is not the same as it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Maybe I could just start praying for them rather than be so aggravated and and angry at them because that's not the example that Jesus has for us. And we start to to learn that we can start to take these little steps and as we we go through this process, this is what the ladder's here for, we start to go through this process and we think, you know what, I'm gonna take this next step because sometimes we talk about next steps. We talk about next steps all the time, like, all right, well, this is gonna be my next step. And and we think, all right, I'm I'm gonna do this And sometimes we just don't know where God is leading in the process. So we think, I'm I'm gonna do this. I think that this is where he's leading and and, and maybe this is it. And and sometimes it's difficult. We don't wanna take that next step. Uh, We think that it may be too difficult. Um, I don't know if you're afraid of heights. Uh, I'm not, thankfully. Um, But like I can can start to take these next steps and and feel like maybe I, I I can start to see something. But even still, we can't really see over this hump. And sometimes we don't necessarily see uh, what God has for us because we're too consumed with what's, what's in front of us. So I wanna encourage you right now that, that God has something so much more and something so much bigger for you, but you have to take these steps and be able to go through the process and go through this, this transformation that he has for you. Let's jump to um, Jeremiah chapter one. And this is the call of Jeremiah. 
And again, this is somewhat of a popular verse or a famous verse, and it says this. In, in Jeremiah chapter one, verse four, it says, the, the word of Lord, the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. This is the word of God. He's explaining this and he's teaching and he's telling this to Jeremiah. He's calling him and he's telling him all this. And this is the words of Jeremiah. He says, but I protested. Oh no, Lord God, look, I don't know how to speak since I'm only a youth. He says, listen, I, I am not qualified to do this. I cannot do this. This is, this is crazy and sometimes we do the same thing. We think I'm on this, I'm on this journey and I believe that God's called me to do this and he may actually telling me and be pulling me up this ladder right now to be a part of whatever is next for me. But we start to think, oh man, I can't, I can't get up here. I can only see what's in front of me. I can't see what's beyond. I can't see the calling that he is calling me for beyond what is right in front of me. And this is way too difficult. This is way too hard for me to be able to accomplish this. And so we start to back down. This happens every single day but it doesn't need to happen. God is calling you to something. And sometimes we don't feel qualified, but I'm telling you right now, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. When I think about us starting this church, I thought there is no way in anything that we're gonna be able to do this. This is crazy. This was like a three year ago thought. But all of a sudden, God, God started to teach me new things. As I began to say yes, they were little tiny baby steps yeses, okay? Smaller than those. But as I began to say yes, he began to open up a whole new world for me. I'm not gonna go Little Mermaid on you, but I'm thinking it. But he began to open up a whole new world for me. I'm thinking it again, I'm not gonna do it. But as I took these little steps, he began to reveal so much more. And I could start to see what was beyond just what was right in front of me. I could start to see the horizon. I could picture it. I remember standing right here, probably a year and a half ago, when we were touring the middle school for the very first time, and I pictured it. I was standing right here, and I could imagine what it was like to just be standing here on a Sunday morning talking to everybody. And right now, as I'm experiencing it, it is unbelievable to think of what God has done. But it happens in forms of little steps and little times of just saying yes and here's what happens. Remember, he doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified, he, he qualifies the called. He says, uh, but I protested, oh no, Lord, I can't do that, I, can't know, I don't know how to speak, I'm only a youth. And then the Lord said to me, do not say that I'm only a youth. For you will go to everyone I send you to and speak whatever I tell you to. And don't be afraid of anyone for I will be with you to deliver you. Notice anything here, he, he, he says, don't say that you're a youth. He didn't really tackle the, I don't know how to speak issue, but it's neither here nor there. But again, he, he challenges him and tells him, listen, I have called you to this. I will lead you through it. So you need to take these steps in order to accomplish what I've, what I've called you to accomplish. And that's not just for Jeremiah, that's not just for me. That's for all aspects of my life. That's not just here at Anchor Church. There are aspects of my life that God is calling me to and I feel like, man, I need to just take a tiny little step and sometimes I feel like I'm too afraid to do it. But every single time in my life when I have said yes and I've taken that one little step or sometimes it's a really big step, I've been able to see all that God has for me and I'm telling you that the exact same thing will happen to you if you take 
that step. In Nehemiah chapter six, we see this story of Nehemiah and, um, and what was happening here is that Nehemiah was, was trying to, to build, uh, was, was, was seeing a need. He saw a need for, for the walls to be built around Jerusalem. They had been torn down. They had been down for centuries and they were stalled on putting it together. And, um, and so, so Nehemiah gets uh, the, the permission to go to Jerusalem and start to rebuild this wall. And so in, verse, in chapter six, verse one, it says, and when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, uh, the Arab, and the rest of the, our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there, there was no gap left in it. I mean, it was a tight wall. It was a really good wall. And though at the time I had not installed the doors in the gate, Sanballat and Geshem sent me a message. And they said, come, let's meet together in the villages of the Ono Valley but they were planning to harm me. And sometimes that's what the enemy does. When we start to, to go through this process and we think, you know what, I believe that I can do this. I think that God has called me to this. I think that I can make these steps. And we start this process, and I'm telling you, this is real, as real could be. When you start a church, when you're a part of anything big that is for God, some, some, the enemy will come at you with all kinds of luring things. And it's with every step that we take in our life, especially if it's for Christ, it's going to happen. But the enemy came at him and, and tried to lure him out, tried to lure him down. And he said, come to the valley of Ono, to the villages and spend some time with us, which was a little bit luring. But he knew what was about to happen. There's an old preacher's joke that says this, if the enemy tries to lead you, lead you to the valley of Ono, you just tell him, oh no. Come, let's meet together in the villages in the Ono Valley. But I knew that they were planning to harm me. See, evil will try to dis distract us in a lot of different ways. And if you can catch it, if you can see it coming, that's what's best. And the more that you're in the word, the more that you're eating your daily bread, you will be able to see and respond to it. And you'll be able to see it from a distance. And so I sent the messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down with you? Four times they sent me a, 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 the same proposal, but I gave them the same reply. So he's up there and he's building this wall around Jerusalem and it's a great work and it's for God. And he's taking these steps and he's getting up there and he's all the way at the top and he's doing a great work and they're trying to lead him down. They say, hey, you need to come down. Why don't you come spend some time with us? It sounds good. Why don't you come spend some time with us? And he says, why would I? I'm doing a great work here and I'm not coming down. This church stuff is not easy. This portable church stuff is not easy. It takes a fantastic crew of at least 15 to 20 every single Sunday to set everything up the way that you see it right now for an hour and then to take it right back down. We're here from eight o'clock to one o'clock every single Sunday. And there is a fantastic, dedicated crew that is willing to do this every single week. And we would invite you to be a part of it with us. And people would say, well, why are you doing that? That's the enemy. Because the first thought is, yeah, hey, why are we doing that? Why would we spend all that much time? It's hot outside. 
I don't wanna do that. That's where the enemy sneaks in. Is it worth it? Well, yeah, it's worth it, but I don't, maybe I don't. That's the enemy sneaking in. What I love about our church is that there is a fantastic crew of 15, 20, 25 people that will say, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. And I wanna tell you right now, in your life, you're gonna be able to establish and find steps for you to be able to say yes to Jesus wherever it is, whether it's here and being a part of the crew and setting up, that's not my agenda today. I wanna tell you that there's an open door for anybody that wants to be a part of that, if that's where you feel that God is leading you. But he's leading you in your workplace. He's leading you in your homes. He's leading you in your neighborhoods. He's leading you in your family, with your kids. There's an opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus in so many different ways. And as you begin to say yes, he's going to lead you through different areas and different places in your life to take you onto these next steps, wherever they might be. But I can't tell you what they're going to be. You'll discover them the more that you seek him because the more that you seek him, the more that you're going to find him. And when you get to a place where you know that where you're supposed to be, God has led you to a place where that you know you're supposed to be, there's gonna be something that's gonna be trying to distract you. And that's not from God. It's from the evil one. Satan will come in and try to distract you and tear you down. Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 3.8, he's looking for you and he will devour you if you're not looking for him. But you need to be at a place where you can climb up and take those steps and feel confident with where you are and where you have uh, the decisions that you've made in Christ, the boundary that you have set up in your life, the things that you are laser focused on and be able to say, I'm doing a great work no matter what you say, I'm not gonna back down. No matter what you come at me with, I'm not backing down. So you can go and do your own thing, but you're not gonna slow me down. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.